The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to Uncle Sam's American Soccer Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you go back, listen to our first segment that we released yesterday. We spoke about the Augustine Rossi domestic violence allegations. Now, on today's episode, me, Steven, and Jake talk with Josh Babetsky as Austin FC was announced this week as MLS's 27th team. Now, let's get to the show. Joining us now on the show is Josh Pavetsky. He's been the guest on the show a couple of times. Josh, how are you doing over there in Austin? Doing well, doing well, guys. Thanks for having me back on the program. I think this is my third cap. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, third, right? Is this the guest we've had on most often now? Uh, we got to start tracking how many repeats we have. Yeah, we have to X out Josh. We got to find another awesome person. I can give you a plenty. I was going to say how honored I was, but now I'm taking that back. Uh, <laughs> it's one way to look at it. Don't don't feel too too honored just yet. But uh, Josh, MLS 27th team introduced to MLS. You were there at the announcement party or event. How was it? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, for me, it was five years of, uh, you know, hard work and effort, like culminating in like, oh, now it's real. And it's like for real, for real, for real. Because, you know, we've been in months of like, well, we know it's going to happen, but it was always in this like quasi official state. Um, but to actually have the commissioner of MLS up there on stage and, you know, make, say the words, you know, the 27th team, um, you know, really was, was, was such a great feeling and it was such a great night and such a great event. Yeah, Josh, I mean, this was, I mean, it was, it's almost like, like you said, the five-year thing. It's like you finally, you finally crossed the finish line uh, of the, of this, the, the vision of bringing MLS to Austin. Uh, I guess one thing, one thing I want to know is what was it like sharing that big old bear hug with uh, Anthony Precourt and, <laughs> you know, uh, giving high fives to Don Garber. I saw that he was and, doing and that. And Mayor little... Adler. Don't forget Mayor Adler. Steve! Yeah, well, Steve! <laughs> Our, our mayor is great. We have a, we have a very we're fortunate to have a very uh, excellent uh, mayor, and he's very approachable, very com- You know, he's just got a he's great for remembering people. Like you know, you can be like one city hall fish, and he, like he just kind of remembers people. Like he's got that ability. Uh, so it's great to have them all come rolling down. And you know, I think for for um, Anthony Precourt, it was a, a big relief too. And he talked about that like in his comments of you know, kind of kind of the dudes. 
he's had an interesting, you know, past year, year plus with all, all the drama, you know, going on around, you know, bringing uh, Austin FC uh, into the world. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it was good to just see a, a friendly face on the rope line, <laughs> I think, but um, I, it caught me off guard, but you know, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for us. I'm happy for Austin. Um, it was, you know, it's a great, exciting day. You know, we hug here. We're friendly people in Austin. We're, we're huggers. So. Well, I would say that about Texas in general, friendly state, right? Yeah. No, but Absolutely. Uh, Josh, maybe you could clarify this. What's the connection with a lawless and Austin FC? Obviously, uh, during the playoffs, he had the sticker on his computer and maybe Jake and Armand, you, you guys could touch on this. Uh, Alexi lawless talked and I, I find it fascinating how he, he's, rising up the ladder there in Austin as far as an important soccer figure? Um, I think he is, um, you know, mostly because I think he was, you know, one of the few you guys fall into that group too, that was really willing to kind of tell the Austin side of the story. You know, while I get all the, the anger and animosity around, you know, the, the, the clarifying the, the situation at the front office level, you know, the, the soccer, the city itself and the supporters here um, I think really weren't getting kind of that fair shake, that fair coverage. Uh, and I'm actually the one who gave Alexi that sticker at South by Southwest. Uh, and I talked to him a little bit about it uh, after the the announcement and the event. And basically what I had said to him is, you know, I really, I thank you for coming and thank you for doing what you did, putting it on your sticker. I'm sure it was, you know, just you being a rabble rouser, I said, but it meant a lot to us as supporters here that there was somebody in the mainstream you know, media that was really calling to attention. There are fans here. There is support here. Uh, there are people that want soccer to, to happen here. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he took that, uh, took that on and helped kind of give us equal time uh, in his own way uh, was, was huge and, and, and a great opportunity. So we gave him a new sticker though, too, because we're like, okay, we're off that brand now. So if you want to, if you can replace that, that would be great. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 I guess, uh, Josh, I want to ask you this. Uh, my my big take on the show, and Stephen and Armand can attest oh, to this. Is here we go. Stoke, <clears throat> Stoke in the fire. I really hate MLS rivalries because I think they're just really kind of BS and just this forced thing that the league pushes on people. Like, oh, New York is red, New York is blue. Uh, you know that whole stupid thing. I I, I think it's incredibly <laughs> fake, and I. I think there maybe are it's probably like one or two genuine sort of genuine rivalries in MLS. However, I think now we do have a real rivalry in MLS and I'm actually excited about it. With you and uh, uh, Columbus and in uh, Austin, how excited are you to kind of have that rivalry, that kind of that natural hatred, I guess. I, at least I know on one side of the aisle there's that hatred uh, judging by the the Twitter litmus test. I'm not sure if that's always a <laughs> a good gauge to use, but how excited are you to have like this natural born rivalry where you have these sides that don't like each other and it, it should bring out passionate football once we or uh, once Austin FC uh, launches in 2021? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a couple of the pundits kind of make that comparison and I'm sure, you know, the media is going to try and make it a thing. Um, but by and large, we're already kind of put Columbus in a rearview mirror. Like we're just like, you know, we're looking we're looking more forward to going to Nashville and, you know, our interstate rivalry rivalry you know that i'm sure will you know happen with the houston fans um you know i i think by 2021 i don't know how many people outside the diehards are still even going to be thinking about it or even going to care um you know they will be an eastern conference team will be a western so we'll only play each other once a year and it'll alternate probably between here and there if they kind of keep to the same 
format they do now between Eastern and Western. So I'm like, I'm not sure. Like I guarantee, like I'm sure the league and I'm sure, you know, the press is going to try and make a, a ton of hoopla, especially around the first lineup. But, you know, by and large, we're, we're very quickly just putting Columbus in a rearview mirror because they're the only reason they were ever a factor is if they were moving and now that's not happening. So we, you know, they go back to being one of those also ran teams. Josh, but you know, I lived in Dallas. I get it. Dallas fans are, are soft. Houston fans are soft. I mean, does Austin really yeah. have a rivalry between those two? Or no, with those I mean, two? Interstate. I mean, it's certainly an opportunity where you're going to see a lot more, you know, away visiting right. fans. I mean, people forget how big Texas is. I mean, even, you know, for Houston or Dallas, it's still a three plus hour drive to get here. Uh, even if you're caravanning on a bus. So, uh, you know, I think that just will create some natural, where there's going to be more people from Houston in town and more people from Austin will go to, you know, Dallas and, and Houston and probably Kansas city as well. Kansas city is a good traveling team. Uh, I just think like it'll create more of those things. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, it'll, it remains to be seen. Like it'll be interesting. Maybe, maybe a big rivalry does stick, but I think it's going to be really hard to explain to an average soccer fan why, uh, Austin, Texas playing Columbus, Ohio is a big deal. I, I, no, I mean, I'm being honest. Yeah. Outside of the Twitter yeah. soccer bubble, like most fans that we have yet to do that are going to be recruited or casuals or, or not, you know, don't spend all their time on Reddit, you know, are really going to be like, why do we care that we're playing Columbus this week? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, that's why I kind of paraphrase. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure if Twitter was uh, was was a good litmus test to determine if there's real – hatred on on both sides of the aisle there i don't know i i guess i just kind of looked at it and thought this might be an actual like legit rivalry where you just have maybe you know people on both sides that are there's a little bit of disdain for one another just because of how the last year went with you know save the crew and you guys that that whole thing so i I guess just look and go natural connection maybe this is like this this might be actually be like a fun rivalry where you know the one time they play it might feel like it's a, a big game and a big deal to the to the fans instead of maybe like the first know, few, you, maybe like yeah, the, the first, first I, I agree with that yeah. yeah i think the first one will be just notable because you know it'll be bubbled up and people will be trying to explain it um but yeah i mean you know i don't think soccer twitter is a really good litmus <laughs> test for like any kind of mainstream i mean although judging by current soccer twitter like columbus is still having a really hard time letting it go <laughs> um, but you know, I think Austin's mostly just like, we got a team, we're partying. Oh, look, there's still these guys trying to get into our thread. Um, you know, but otherwise I, I think we, we by and large stopped caring. Yeah, Steven, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, because the more I've been reading, the more I feel like the people who are against Austin haven't really been to Austin in terms of Austin as a MLS, uh, market, um, I've been I've been reading like some things and it's like have you actually you know because Stephen I like the more I've been thinking about it I mean the more I've visited Austin I mean I visited I was in Austin I forgot when man a couple months ago um, and I think it's like a, almost a natural fit for MLS to be there I don't know about you Stephen like do you do you think so I think just everything around it's the emerging city. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and a lot of people are starting to move there as well for their jobs, which you kind of create like an Atlanta effect with some transplants who need something to get behind. What 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 do those Atlanta transplants get behind? They got behind Atlanta United. Uh, I'm confused why everyone's really skeptical that Austin can't be the same way. Well, Josh, well, I think you, you can answer here in a moment about the specifics, but I think just in general, Austin fits the profile. And MLS has been linked with the city of Austin for a while. This is not something that has come up 
uh, just in the last two years pre-court saying, oh, let's just move to Austin. No, there's a specific reason why he saw Austin as a fit. Um, now, Josh, I mean, you can get into the specifics in what it means. And I also want to correct something I think some of the media says is like, you know, Austin is the first professional franchise. No, Austin have the bold now uh, there and established before MLS Austin. So there'll be two soccer teams competing for the heart of Austin. I think that's that's going to be an interesting development as uh, we proceed and the bold starting before uh, the MLS team, how's that going to kind of divide the city? I mean, I mean, Steven, I don't, know, I don't know if you've heard, but the Bull were trying to, like, uh, not, like, trying to disrupt Austin FC from, you know, being a thing. So, I, I, again, Josh can speak for us better, but I know some Austin FC fans are pissed uh, at the Bull for trying to undermine uh, everything that's going on there. So, I mean, that might affect their uh, support as well. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, guys. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think one, I think the, yeah, there were a couple of the Stars and Stripes had an article and a couple others were like, you know, embrace the villain role of Austin. And anybody who's been to Austin, Austin is not a city anybody like loves to hate. Like that's just not going to happen. Um, it's, you know, it's, and I even tweeted something to the effect. I mean, good luck trying to like make, you know, create this manu. And it's funny for how many guys in soccer media, like hate manufactured rivalries and things like that. The fact they're trying to create manufactured villainy out of like a city people love to come to. I mean, I get that people hate certain cities. Like people hate going to Chicago or people hate going to Paris um, but Austin is just not one of those cities outside of people who live in San Antonio where people just go, oh, I hate going to Austin or I had a bad time in Austin or I never want to go to Austin. It just, it just doesn't happen. Every fan we talk to in other cities over the past you know, few years are like, oh, God, I hope you guys really get in the league because I really want to come there for an away game. Like it, it creates yet another excuse like um, ACL Fest or South by Southwest, you know, for a lot of people to come into Austin. So. You know, I, I, it's interesting that they're they're trying to make it stick. I don't think it's going to because Austin is just not one of those cities in your mind's eye where people like love to hate it. Um, you know, and we're welcoming here. Part of our supporter culture is like outside of the 90 minutes of the match, we want to make sure you've got great places to stay. You may want to make sure you hit the right barbecue joints. We will go out and have beers with, you know, visiting supporters. I think it's going to be really hard to like, you know, create this Dudley Do-Right, you know, versus, you know, some dastardly villain. Uh, mustache twirling thing although we do have a lot of those twirling mustaches here we have hipsters um you know and get that to stick um so it'll it'll be see you know it'll be interesting especially in two years when a lot of this is kind of subsided of of whether any of that's um still going to click um on the on the bold thing um you know first professional like with an asterisk like is usl really pro i you know i don't know um but, uh, you know, that's, there's a lot of, in the soccer culture or the soccer fan base here, a lot of apathy or outright anger with what that organization's trying to do. First of all, they've had zero supporter outreach. Um, they've done no marketing or engagement. Um, they've, uh, they bankrolled all these petition drives trying to stop the MLS stadium. So that's further angered them. Plus, you have an owner who essentially sat on a dead franchise for three years and kept it on ice. Uh, he could have, you know, uh, Bobby Epstein could have had a team on the field, you know, in 2016, 17, and 18 uh, out at Coda, but did not uh, do that. 
So like all of a sudden for him, knowing that the MLS uh, thing was finally going to light up, um, all of a sudden say, okay, well, I'm going to put the franchise back on the field. Well, the only reason he did that, because he was about to lose the rights to that franchise. And it's a lot more expensive to acquire a franchise from USL now than the one they have, because theirs goes back to the Aztecs days. Um, so it was essentially use it or lose it. So he had to put the team up, not knowing whether or not um, MLS was going to happen. And now it's actively trying to fund it, preventing uh, preventing it, which is a lost cause. I mean, it's all it's done. It's a done deal. I mean, Don Garber does not show up unless all the eyes are dotted uh, and T's are crossed. Um, so now all effectively he's done is just angered the diehards, the influencers who might have you know encouraged. We would have all gone out. We've got two years. There's been nothing better to go out and you know support another local team, but um, they've done very little to earn any of that respect or any of that attendance. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know we've had a running gag. We've gotten to know the guys out of El Paso's a new franchise, and some of their supporters know some of our supporters. You know, we might go out to a bowl game and just sit in the other supporters section and do our cheers there. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, I think it's it's really unfortunate that somebody who has the means to have. Uh, helped grow the soccer community is using those powers to try and prevent soccer from growing. And ultimately it's not even about soccer. Uh, they have a concert venue out at circuit of the Americas, uh, that is going to be, you know, basically supplanted by a, a 20,000 seat venue that's here in town with box seats. You know, if you're a big act and you're coming to Austin, do you want to play in a 20,000 seat venue that's in Austin near our, all our arts and, uh, shops, things like that, that has the expensive box seats you can sell, or do you want to go out to Elroy, Texas, which is out past the airport, about a half hour out of, outside of town, where you're going to have to sell $14 lawn seats because that's about, you know, half of the, the ticketing availability. And, you know, I get, I get why as a business, they're not crazy about a stadium in town, but, you know, as a guy who's claiming to love soccer, he's really not doing a whole lot to uh, endear himself to the soccer populace of Austin, Texas. Now let me let me ask everybody this, uh, and and Jake, I actually want to throw this up to you because Precorp, uh, Austin FC chairman and uh, CEO, told the American statesman, "We need to do this right. You have one chance at a first impression. You've got to build a business the right way for us to launch into our new state of the art world class soccer facility, and have the training facility open as well for our players and coaches is." really the smart way to do it um i i I, based on these comments i get the feeling that precord's gonna spend the money and he's gonna assemble a squad to try to compete right off the bat and basically saying is look i I think this is kind of a sly i say at minnesota united fc trying to do this doing the the soft launch where it wasn't really something to make big splashes i think he sees atlanta as a model to go forward like look they really took over the city and 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 it seems to now really have built a fantastic foundation to move forward now jake how how's that make you feel as somebody who saw a soft launch and you hear an owner who has been criticized by the crew fans but now seems to really engage austin in a different fashion uh okay i'm gonna give you two two answers to your question First being, you mean to tell me that a soft launch into trying to sign a goalkeeper accused of domestic violence is is not a good way to go about business? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like, I I genuinely believe like you can't 
tell me and look at the landscape of MLS and go, yeah, the soft launch, that's like, that's a great way to go into it. Let's just, let's just wait for the stadium to open and then we'll, you know, we'll just kind of ride out that honeymoon period and then we'll spend money. And hopefully that people will just stick around for it after we've been bad, you know, for two years or three years or whatever it may be. I think he will spend the money. Maybe not like, I don't want to say, you know, they're going to be like Atlanta where, you know, they're bringing in you know, young up and coming. Right players from Argentina and, you know, Colombia or, you know, we're at Paraguay or wherever. But I, I do think there's uh, I do think that, you know, that, yeah, I think as, as an expansion franchise or whatever Austin is at this point, I don't, I let you think Columbus is the expansion franchise, I guess. Um, but as, you know, as a new franchise, <clears throat> you should go out and spend and, and, and get people excited to see what, what, uh, what your new product is. I get why, I mean, let's, let's be, let's just call a spade a spade. Anthony Precourt, and you, I mean, you can say whatever you want. It's pretty clear and obvious. There, what he didn't want to be in Columbus. Okay, I, I don't think you you can be biased or you can be subjective in that matter. You, everyone knows he didn't want to be in in Columbus. He wanted to be in Austin. So I think now that he's in Austin, he's going to put his best foot forward and make sure that there is a a great product for people like Josh to to go you know see week in and week out. Because yeah, he wants to hug me every week. So That's he, right. He, he loves you. Happy. He loves you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he loves I mean, one bit of Austin. I think there are many things to complain about, about uh, MLS being a single entity structure. But I think one of the things you can't is they do have the advantage of this tribal knowledge where they, they are learning from previous rollouts and trying to apply that to when they go to the next markets. So if you look at LAFC, which had like a three and a half year lead time, and then Atlanta, which had like a two and a half year lead time, I mean, they kind of, they see what things are hitting and what things are missing. And they, they see kind of having this, this ramp up time as being highly advantageous to making sure that they deploy in the market the right way. I mean, I know these guys were all ready to field the team down here in 2019. If they were moving a squad, that was always kind of like the, it's not ideal, but if, you know, they, they can't continue to play in Ohio, then we're going to bring them down here and we're going to figure it out and make it work. So I think, you know, a lot, everybody, you know, I've talked to, nobody's mad that we're waiting two more years. Like, you know, uh, some people think like, well, na 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 na, we kept their team and now you guys got to wait. And I'm like, that's not a bad thing. That's, we want to ensure we get this right. We're looking at the long-term view here. We don't want a half-ass rollout. We don't want a rushed thing. We don't want to like, you know, go out to the Dell Diamond, which is way up in Round Rock, trying to build a huge fan base when, you know, a lot of the fans, it's, it's a haul to get up there. Um, you know, from where I'm at, it's like a good 40, 45 uh, minutes and it's you know it's, it's way out where you don't want a stadium i mean it does well for baseball and, and the baseball fans out there but it's also it's another baseball field you know we see how well that works with new york city fc trying to put a pitch you know across a baseball diamond um so nobody here is complaining about that two-year wait i think that two years gives them a lot of time to make sure they're doing the right connections within the community that they're building up the right uh, you know the right staff but I mean, they're also not sitting around either. Like they're already deploying the academy. Um, they're already, you know, we've already got a, like a front office of close to 20 of the hundred people that they're going to need. Um, they've been engaging UT, um, you know, so you know, nobody's sitting around, but you know, it's, it's, it's 25 months sounds like a long time until you realize all the things you actually have to get done. Isn't that the standard now, I guess in MLS was, I think, I mean, outside FC Cincinnati, but I think even FC Cincinnati, um, was kind of just like, all right, we're ready to go now. We'll go now. 
uh, I guess it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, what, you have Nashville, Miami. I think those two teams, what, they were announced two years ago, like a year ago. They've had plenty of time to, uh, I guess, cultivate a culture and then build something, you know, build. I, I mean, we're seeing Miami build its actual technical or front office staff, uh, you know, for players such as, you know, Kurt Schmidt, I think, from uh, – the Galaxy, I think the Orlando City GM is now being hired as some player personnel guy over there. I think giving these expansion times more expansion teams more time is just is only going to help MLS. Um, I think the alt- we're seeing with LAFC, they had plenty of time to you know get going and they did everything right except lose to RSL in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> uh, and I mean, it'd be interesting to see Cincinnati because Cincinnati kind of had a really short transition period from, all right, you're USL. I mean, hopefully they prepared for it and said, all right, we're going to be an MLS team soon, blah, 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 blah. Let's prepare for it infrastructure-wise. We'll be good. But they kind of had a short turnaround if you think about it. They what they were announced like an MLS team, like what, like, I don't know, like. They did six, the Minnesota, seven, yeah, they did the Minnesota United thing where they were this, announced. In the summer, then six months later, they're already fielding. They're the team already in the league. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's a lot tougher for these teams, and I wonder for some for some of these squads if, if being you know like a team like Atlanta compared to a team like FCC or or Minnesota, it's it, it's a it's more of an advantage for. I mean, I guess it obviously is more of an advantage for these teams to you know have an extra lag time uh, to make sure everything is right, and for Austin FC to actually be in their stadium, I think is gonna be huge. I think that's going to be oh, one absolutely. of the biggest things. That's huge. I mean, compared, I think that has to be one of the only MLS teams to do that, right? Because Atlanta started in um, the Georgia Tech's field. I can't remember the name. Bobby, Bobby Dodd. Dodd. Bob, they started in Bobby Dodd. Minnesota obviously started TCF. FCC is going to be starting at Nippert. Uh, Inner Miami apparently LAFC is going to be starting. LAFC is the one that opened up with. Uh... Yeah, LAFC. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, LAFC. And we saw LAFC worked out. So, I mean, those are – I think Austin FC is set, set up really nicely for uh, the future in terms of starting off – starting off at one stadium, I think, is one of the biggest things out there. Word, word has it we have the same architect that did Bank of uh, California Stadium. Oh, that will be, be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, those, those, those renders for that stadium look really nice. I'll say it right now. It looks, yeah, it looks we're, we're really happy with the design. I mean, you know, especially you know, you're gonna have the heat things to design around. So that, I mean, there's a lot of talk around airflow. Um, you know, we've we've gotten uh, we've gotten to provide some input about things we want to see in the, the supporters section, and and that's gonna continue. I'm really excited about some of the surprises and bells and whistles. I think we're gonna have baked into the our safe standing section. Um, so you know, it's gonna be you know, there's, and there's gonna be plenty to talk about over these two years too. It's not gonna be like, all right, well, we'll see you guys in two years. I mean, you know, there's gonna be like a flurry of you know periodic announcements, whether it's you know the groundbreaking to starting to hire, bring in the technical staff, and it you know whether that's a year or so. Um, you know, there's there's gonna be you know, uh, no shortage of activities and updates and uh, things keeping us occupied until we get to our first kick in you know March of, of 2021. Oh, no, no doubt. And uh, Josh, last question here. Do you know any of the bells and whistles that are going to be in the stadium that you could tell us? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, one of the one of the criteria too was about lead certification. Austin, uh, since the building will technically be owned by the city of Austin and leased back to the club, 
um, and has to comply with a lot of the city things. And when you build, um, when you build structures here in Austin, um, there's a lot of attention paid to green amenities. So um, mm. it, I don't know. You can see it in the renderings. There's like going to be rainwater retention ca- uh, canisters, um, you know, to try and do like, you know, there's a, there's an, a, a hope to kind of have a zero, what's it called? Zero waste, zero emissions. where you know, kind of everything offsets itself. Um, and we, you know, we'll see how close we get with that, but you know, I know that they're putting on an enormous amount of time and like making sure how the air moves out there. We went out to do a, an impromptu Facebook live on uh, new year's day out at McCalla. We took lawn chairs and hop, you know, we kind of went in there, uh, and set up in the dirt. Uh, you could, the air moves around there. It's like, I don't know what it is about just the surrounding geography. Um, but like the crosswind and I don't know if because of the train tracks are there or the, you know, it's warehouses on one side, but then you got taller buildings, air moves around. Um, and they're really, you got to concentrate on that. Cause even if you're starting games at like eight o'clock at night, in the middle of August, it's still 90 degrees out. I mean, the sun's not beating on you. Um, I know the canopies are a hundred percent coverage over the seats. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's going to be a band area out front. I mean, none of this stuff is like top secret, but I guess if you're not in Austin, you might not be paying as close attention to some of the details that they put into it. Mm. Um, and it's, you know, it's got design aesthetics that look really Austin-ish. You don't look at it and it look like, I mean, the, the stadium in Minneapolis looks fantastic, but it definitely looks like an alien spaceship just landed in the middle of a Minnesota field, right, in <laughs> some ways. Like, you know, this really will... I think, you know, you look at it and you kind of go, yeah, I'm in Austin. This is totally what a stadium should look like here. Um, and I think that just shows the, the attention to detail uh, that the, the front office is really having to integrate into uh, Austin life. Being next to the rail line is, is another thing, you know, that, that how transportation and how people will get here. Uh, the fact that the stadium site is about two miles north of the actual population center of Austin. So basically, if you take all the population, you graph it out and say, okay, well, where's the middle of all these dots? The stadium itself is only about two miles north of that. Downtown is geographically like south, but that's not where all the people are. We actually have more people that live up north toward Round Rock and Cedar Park um, that kind of offset that. So it's in a really good spot. You got a couple of major highways cutting through there. Um, You know, I think it's a a lot of the unsexy details, um, but it shows that there's been a lot of attention you know, paid to, uh, to what's going to go in, in the stadium. Um, and we're, we're pretty excited for some of the things I think us as a supporters group are going to be able to do uh, with a new facility and, and being able to have some input into some of the ideas we have as supporters of uh, the kind of, the kind of uh, celebrations and other things we're interested in doing. Awesome. Some real exciting stuff there in Austin. Now, uh, Josh, tell listeners where we can find you on the Twitter machine, where we can find any other things you'd like to plug. Yes. Uh, you know, everybody's welcome. We're getting inquiries from South America. A guy from Germany wrote, wants us to send him a bunch of Austin Anthem swag. Um, but you can find us at austinanthem.org. Uh, it's free to sign up for a newsletter if you want to stay tuned to what's going on in the adventures in Austin. Uh, we're also on all the socials. You can find us at Austin Anthem. Uh, and we're also a fast-growing uh, Reddit community at r slash Austin FC, uh, growing up the charts. I think we just passed Montreal uh, as a number of subs. But um, if you like to rage type in more than 280 characters, you can go to Reddit. Um, so, but uh, you, everybody can follow us there. We're we're super excited to uh, be official in MLS and uh, looking forward to, to 2021 and all the adventure in between. Well, absolutely. Now, listeners, follow us on the Twitter machine 
at UncSamSoccerPod. Give us your response to any of the Austin stuff we talked about at Jake Wintroba, at Armand Kafai, at Steven Jodron. And come back tomorrow. We talk about soccer streaming paywalls and what it means for the growth of soccer here in the United States. Until next time. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. 